morning, in view of uh, our um, anniversary celebration next Sunday, I'd like to revisit the message that I preached about the church. Two years ago, on our 48th church anniversary, the nation, and indeed the world, was in lockdown. I remember I had mixed emotions when I went to church that day. I looked at around the place. The car park was practically empty, apart from Tim's and my car and everyone that's involved with the live stream. Unlike today, the seats were empty. What would otherwise be a busy anniversary Sunday where the ladies would be in the kitchen busily preparing, uh, organizing for that day, that special day. Perhaps a presentation of some special item from Fiona and, and the group that would be willing to join her. Perhaps people that have been part of our church would come for a day to visit us and cheer us on. I'm pretty sure that Brother Louie and Tim would have ushered us all out after the morning service proper to get our photos taken as we do every year, rain or shine. If it's raining, we just do it here where we always have our anniversary photo. And then we would all go back to have a special meal together in, in celebration of that day. There would be a buzz around the place. But not that day. In fact, the grass were overgrown, cobwebs on the windows, the blinds were down. That rear part of the building is so dark because the lights are turned off. I couldn't smell the coffee brewing. It was quiet. It was cold. And from what I saw and what I've experienced that day, there was a part of me that thought what's there to celebrate. There were not really a lot of reasons to celebrate. But you know, if what I have seen and experienced and thought back then were the reasons for us not to celebrate, we would have missed a tremendous blessing and I and you would have thought wrongfully for nothing to celebrate. Beloved, the truth is we really do not celebrate the day, but the divine. The one true God that has and continues to be faithful to us. 
His grace has been sufficient for our every need. Amen. His provisions have all been generous. His protection can never be questioned. His word and his promises can never fail and never have failed us. His salvation is as sweet as the day we receive it until he will snatch us away to be with him in glory. We are blessed to be a part of this ecclesia, this called out assembly, the one that loves and cares for one another, the one that prays for one another, the one that supports and gives to one another, the one that weeps and rejoices for one another, the one that grows together in the Lord and have a common desire to be pleasing before the Lord. That's a blessing. And one that we should not take for granted. Next Sunday, we can celebrate that in the 50 years that the Lord has given this assembly, indeed, we can celebrate the great things He has done whereof we are glad. I can't get over that thing. I've been meaning to share that verse from the beginning of the year. Because I want to give us, give glory to the great things from the great God that he has bestowed upon us. The great things he has done, we can look back and see how good God is and how benevolent he has been to us in the past to those that have gone before us how good God is in the here and now and how good he will be in the days to come to those who will continue continue to go on to keep on keeping on to keep these church doors open, to keep on preaching from the same book. Oh, beloved, that's a blessing. To keep on keeping on until the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ, what shall rise first? Then we which are alive uh, will, shall remain and be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Amen. Amen indeed. We can rejoice that the same gospel that was preached in 1973 is still the same gospel that we are preaching today. The hymns that we were sang back then are still the same hymns that we are singing. Uh, and this, the, the, the meaningful, the, the soul-searching uh, hymns that we widely use today is the same hymns that they've done in the past. Isn't that a blessing what Brother Branko has shared with us this morning? And if you noticed how you sang it more joyfully and more convincingly because of what we have been taught this morning. That was true in 1973 and it's still true today and will still be true until 
until he calls us home in glory. Oh, I know there's so much pressure in the world right now to change from hymns and to go from other music. But praise God, we won't do that. We'll sing the good old hymns for the last 50 years. And until I'm your pastor, we will continue to sing hymns. We can shout hallelujah that he is still using us and giving us the privilege to take part in his work, in supporting other works, not only here in Australia as our brother has prayed for, but other places through our missions program. And we can jump for joy because after all these years of worldly pleasures, we still have husbands and wives loving each other and keeping their wedding vows. Uh, we have uh, mothers and fathers still nurturing their children in the admonition of the Lord. We still have young men and young women keeping their purity keeping their purity for and in the Lord. And we still have a congregation who by trusting in the keeping of the Lord and his enablement are continuing to live their lives walking worthy of the gospel wherein we were called. Praise God for that. That's a blessing. We can continue to serve him with gladness of heart being good stewards of what God has entrusted to us, exercising the spiritual gifts to the edification, to the maturing of the body of Christ in this local church called Calvary Baptist Church. My dear ones, next Sunday and the days coming, we have so much to thank and praise God for. And yes, we have so many reasons to celebrate for and with the Lord. Matthew 16, verse 18, please. Would you stand with me? Matthew 16, verse 18. I'd like to preach again. The church in troublesome times. Our church in troublesome times. Matthew chapter 16, here in verse 18. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Our Father, thank you once again for this day. Thank you that in this eve, if you like, of our 50th anniversary as a church, the Bible perhaps who would refer to as the Jubilee year. Oh, how thankful are we for the great things that you have done. And now many years later, we are indeed glad. Thank you for the privilege that you have given to us to be part of the work here. Thank you, Father, for your grace, for your enabling power that we are able, able to continue on. And so, Father, I pray that as we look into this verse, at least a portion of it, I pray that you'd bless our time. Once again, I seek your power, your unction. Lord, I pray that as we 
look to your word yet again. The Holy Spirit would do its wondrous work in each of us. Lord, that we would apply the things that we would see, hear, and learn. Make with us, Father, as you are in the midst. And we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. At that time, and as the restrictions kept on going, I was concerned, and I still am even today, that people young and old alike will get weak, spiritually weak, or at the very least will have a warped understanding of the church and how it is to do church or be a church. I shared a cute little story then how one of our church kids knew that on a Sunday is church time. I wouldn't name her for just so that we don't embarrass her. But her father and I, we were talking that, that time and how he was sharing that his little daughter would point to the television on a Sunday inferring that it's church time. And I thought that was really cute and encouraging. In her innocence and his naivety, uh, her understanding of church and church time was watching TV. I was concerned back then that if the lockdowns were to continue, we were inadvertently raising a generation of TV worshippers. The church is virtual and online. Our children would grow up in front of the television thinking the church is just that, watching TV. What that fellowship outside of the home is not necessary. With them observing, building relationships and learning from and with other believers younger or older than them, they're going to miss out on that. Missing out on the blessing and the privilege of serving the Lord through the exercise of their own spiritual gifts to the maturing of the body of Christ. Learning how to behave in the house of worship and perhaps missing out on the collective singing like we did today. Singing praise to the Almighty God. Those were my concerns. And still do. Praise God, that little one has grown up now. And indeed her family are faithfully attending church. Church on site. One of the first ones who actually came back to church when the lockdowns and the restrictions were lifted. Praise God indeed. Can I tell you this morning? In love, of course, church is not just being an audience. It's not sitting and watching. Far from it. You see, an audience is a group of people unknown to each other coming together at a specific time in a specific place 
to watch a program or a show. A local church, on the other hand, is a called out assembly of regenerated, redeemed, and reconciled God, uh, reconciled to God believers who are drawn together by the blood of Christ, not to be a spectator, but to serve the Lord and one another. That's what local church is. An audience is a crowd. The church is a family. An audience chooses which person or program to watch. A church chooses to covenant with the persons and programs of the ecclesia. An audience is a gathering. The church gathers to worship the Lord. Pastors, teachers, evangelists, they're not celebrities or commentators to be watched. They are called and ordained servants of the Lord, not, not to be watched, but to watch out for the flock. Can you see the difference? How many of you sometimes get perhaps annoyed with me when I seemingly critique the celebrity pastors of our day? And I understand that. Because you, you, you follow some, do you? As I do. I do watch them as well. I'm not having a go when I say this. But there's no accountability in internet preaching. You can have thousands of followers. You can have millions of likes. But where's the relationship? How can I, as a celebrity pastor, actually know of your affairs and go to God in prayer because of that burden? How can you, as a congregant, can pray for your pastor daily as the covenant says when you're watching me like you do now? Pastors, teachers, evangelists are not celebrities to be watched. We are called to be a watchman, to watch out for the flock. We are not to just commentate. We are to watch out for the believers, to encourage, to edify, to equip, to rebuke in love if and when it's needed, while the believer, on the other hand, is to submit, to support, to supplicate, and pray for the pastor. And yes, to also rebuke one another in love. And in truth, by the way. And so from all accounts, there is a world of difference between a virtual online church and a local on-site church. Our text this morning comes from a passage where the Lord and his disciples just finished a time of successful ministry in feeding the 4,000 uh, uh, at uh, 
at, at the Sea of Galilee, near the Sea of Galilee at that time. Uh, but just like anything else, in uh, most uh, successful or other times of successful times of ministry, there are always those that are unhappy with the success. And most of the time, we'll never be happy for that success. Unless it is them. Them being the viewers, them being the audience, in this case, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, uh, who perhaps would have done the miraculous thing of feeding the 4,000, which obviously they didn't, and they couldn't. These religious leaders were very good at that, viewing and critiquing. And so after that, the Lord asked the disciples what others think of him. He already knows what the Pharisees and Sadducees think of him, but then he said, whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? That was his question. And they said, verse 14 and 15, And they said, Some say that you are John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? You see, beloved, it is one thing to know what others think of the Lord Jesus. Of what they think of him. But it's totally different for us to know who Jesus is to us. People can learn about Jesus through books. People can learn through lectures, Bible colleges, through opinions and teachings of men. But how about us? How about you? When you look at the mirror each day, who is Jesus to you? You see, man can and may like Jesus. Some say that Jesus is cool. Beloved, the Lord Jesus did not come to be cool. He came to save men. And he came to be worshipped by man. He is not our buddy. He is the Lord God, creator of heaven and earth. He is it, the ultimate. And we all need to prostrate ourselves in bowing and recognizing his lordship. And no, I'm not talking of lordship salvation. He is the God. And I'm concerned that in this day and age, people are just cast, oh yeah, it's Jesus. He's my buddy. No, he's not. He is your creator, and he will be your judge one of these days. And so you see, men can and may like Jesus. On this, our upcoming 50th anniversary, can I ask you, who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Who is Jesus to you? Is he really your Lord and Savior? Is he? And again, 
I'm not talking of lordship, salvation. In the 50 years of this, his church, have you been a committed steward, a committed servant, a committed supporter to and for the ministry here for God's glory? And I'm not just talking of dollars and cents. Who is Jesus to you? Is he preeminent in your life? Or is he just one of your preference? How much is he worth to you? Two hours every Sunday morning? Five minutes of Bible reading and prayer? Some of us look at our phones a lot longer than that. Do you love the Lord so much that you cannot stop talking about Him, His grace, His wonderful love, and the reason why He came? You see, beloved, if we're not careful, we can be like many of those 4,000 who got fed that day. They liked Him because they got something from Him. I wonder how many of those who liked him ended up worshipping him. Do you realize that we can become a congregation who likes Jesus? Just like those who would like a Facebook post, a blog, a podcast, a tweet. But do not worship him as he should be worshipped. And as the narrative goes, when the Lord asked them, who did they think of him? Peter said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. What followed after that is from, from, from verse 17 to, to verse 19 is so, so rich doctrinally, and uh, I would restrain myself rather than just to gloss over this. This morning, I just want to take that little portion of this wonderful passage uh, where it says, when the Lord Jesus said, I will build my church in the context of our 50th anniversary celebration next week. And then he said, the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. You see, beloved, in the days that we are living in, we are up for some troublesome times. It, we are, and I encourage us to be comforted, to be confident, beloved, that the gates of hell shall not prevail against our church, not now, not never. The reason I am bold and confident to declare that is because for as long as our church remains to be the pillar and the ground of truth that it should be, uh, for as long as you and I uh, with the, the Lord Jesus recognizing as the chief cornerstone, his word being the final, being the final authority of our faith and our practice, uh, and that uh, we as children of God would continue to walk worthy of the vocation wherewith we are called, as Paul said to the, to the believers at Ephesus, nothing and no one can destroy our church. Uh, beloved, our church is not just a membership list. 
Uh, we are not just bound by our doctrinal statement or by our constitution and bylaws. We certainly are not just a social club that collects Jews to keep us afloat to do some humanitarian reasons. Uh, this auditorium is really not the building. Uh, it's really not the church, but the building, but the worship uh, place for the church. Somebody said, and I couldn't agree more, man can build buildings and man can build organizations, but only Jesus Christ can build the church. Here in our text, the Lord Jesus was emphatic when he said, I will build my church. Doug Couch praised God for his obedience to the call. But he did not build this church in 1973. Neither did Ron DeYoung, nor Greg Leonard, nor did Nigel Davis, nor did Steve Butler, Ernie Vesley, and certainly not Manny Malari. No. Oh, no. The Lord built this church. And you and I are but instruments of that. And if we are going to continue to follow the one who built the church, we will survive the troublesome times. All that we ever did and are able to do as pastors of this church and you as faithful congregation, we are to remember Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10 to 12. For God is not unrighteous to forget our work and labor of love, which we have showed toward his name, in that we have ministered to the saints and do minister. And we would continue to desire that every one of us do show the same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, uh, that we be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. And so... The disciples back then lived and walked as exiles, as rejects, as the persecuted ones because of their faith in Jesus who at that time would be in such a short time the Lord Jesus would say to them, I will leave you as sheep among the wolves, as sheep for the slaughter. It was at that time when he said, I will build my church. We are it, beloved. We are the sheep among the wolves. We are the sheep ready for the slaughter. But don't forget the rest of the verse. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And since that statement, the church throughout history has suffered persecutions. Many have been martyred for their faith. Congregants maligned, falsely accused, ignored, treated unfairly and unjustly, made fun of, uh, mocked about, ridiculed, marginalized, uh, have been called to be simple uh, and backwards, irrelevant. And yet here we are, many thousands of years later, the church of God is still standing. Indeed, the gates of hell did not, will not ever prevail against it. Why? Because he is the head of it. Beloved kings and kingdoms will rise and fall, but the church that the Lord builds will stand. One can restrict it. 
One can pressure it, it legislate against it, fine it, arrest it. Uh, the pastor and the people can be sent to jail. But uh, just like in the days of Paul, Peter, and John, the church will survive and stand today for the Lord Jesus is the head of it. Not only is he the head of it, he will come back for it. And when he does, he will reward it. He will adorn it like a bride and he will return and rule the earth with it. Most of all, he will be with it for where he is, the church will be also. Hallelujah. Calvary Baptist Church, I am so glad that we can potentially reach 50 years. Pastor, what are you talking about potentially? Well, it's yet another week, right? We could not be here next week. Wouldn't that be glorious? Because he can come at any moment, right? We can hear the trump of God's sound. And we can celebrate 50 years up there in glory. I don't want to be presumptuous about that. And so potentially, because... Uh, of him, we can celebrate our 50th year. Like everyone else, I am concerned about the coming days. I confess to you, it grieves me to see and know what the church is being put under. The scrutiny that is being placed uh, if you call your organization a church. The troubles of our time, beloved, are real. We are being put under it but can I say to you, can I ask of you even, the troubles of our time, let it not trouble you. Uh, instead, remember what the Lord Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, uh, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. And here it is, that where I am, there ye may be also. Oh, praise God. My dear ones, the Lord did not take us or will not take us these 50 years just to trouble us. Rather, let us trust him, his word, his will, his way, not ours. I have no doubt our church will suffer. But let me qualify that suffering. Praise God that our church will not go through the ultimate trouble of the tribulation period. say that again. I have no doubt the church will suffer, but praise God, it will not go through the ultimate trouble of the tribulation period, but will survive and stand in these current evil days that we live. For its survival, its strength is not dependent on me as your pastor. Its survival, its strength it's not dependent on you, us, the congregation. Its survival and its strength is really dependent on the Lord Almighty. 
And aren't you glad and thankful for that? That this church is not dependent on us. It's dependent on the Lord. You know, my dear senior saints, I know you know that the days coming are most likely far less than the ones before. And I want to encourage you with a comfort that this church that you so love for these many years, this church that you have invested in, this church that you have put hours into it, be assured and be confident that it's survival, that its strength is not dependent upon these pastors that's a lot younger than you. It's dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ who is the head of this church. We are indeed thankful for the great things he has done. He died for it. He is the head of it and promised to build it and snatch it away to meet with him in glory forever and ever. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. My dear ones, next Sunday and the days after that, I don't know what is ahead of us. But this I know. By his grace and by his enablement, I will lead you and I just hope that you would follow me to continue to look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. And indeed, to be thankful for the great things he has done. So that today we can be glad because of it. And for the next generation, that little one that pointed to the television as church time. And as our grandchildren would grow and take their places into this congregation, that indeed they could be thankful to the Lord and indeed for our faithfulness at this time in this our generation. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I do know who holds tomorrow. Father, Thank you for the great assurance from your word. And Lord, as we look forward to next Sunday as we would celebrate uh, a milestone, a significant time in the life of the church. Many have not reached 50 years. They have fallen by the wayside. Many of the churches are no longer serving their purpose as a church. They are at best social clubs, concert halls, meeting places for coffee. Oh, but dear God, I pray. That as those faithful ones who have started this church way back in 1973, when they were meeting to this little old scout hall, they have remained faithful. They have remained steadfast. And all through the years, to the ups and downs, the twists and turns of this local assembly, for all the tests that it has gone through, to the difficulties that it has faced, 
he remained constant as the one who has always been faithful despite of our unfaithfulness at times. Dear God, oh how I pray that we as I approach our 50th next Sunday that we would have a deeper understanding and a sense of urgency that we may not have another 50 years. As we look around the world that we live in, there is so much distress, discouragement, deception. And oh, how I pray, dear God, that we would leave the remaining days of our life in this church, this Calvary Baptist Church. Indeed, Father, to look to you, to serve you with all our might, and Father, that we would be willing indeed to be used for your honor and glory alone. And so as we come to a close in this morning worship service, I pray that you would continue to challenge us, but more so to comfort us in these, the troublesome times that we live in. Help us as your people not to be troubled of the days that we live in, but rather to be trusting of you and what you have done, what you're doing, and what you will continue to do. We do ask all of these things in the mighty name of our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. like us to continue our thoughts and meditation